And we're back with the next podcast episode of Let's Open the Bible. Again, it's Russ and Gavin joined by our friend Dustin Sizemore. Uh, listener today, uh, if you want to turn in your Bible to 1 Peter 3.15, we kind of touched on this passage a little bit in the last episode. We're going to dive in a little deeper into this passage. And uh, I'm going to lead us in prayer and then ask Gavin if he'll read the passage for us. Is it just 3.15? Okay. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for the glorious gospel that we have, uh, Lord, that you've provided that makes a way of salvation. Uh, Lord, we have no hope otherwise. And so, Father, uh, you've blessed us abundantly above and beyond anything we can hope or think of. And, and so, Father, we just uh, just that you would know us is more than, than we are due. Uh, we are due nothing. And so, Father, uh, just for the opportunity to open your word to to speak into these microphones, to be heard around the world. Uh, Father, we just want to give you all the praise and glory and honor and pray that you would just use this to exalt yourself and, and be magnified. Uh, Lord, we ask all these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. 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 Is this a pause for dramatic effect? I'm reading? Yeah. Your name is Gavin last time I... Just so you know, I never listen to you. <laughs> I'm not at all surprised. Oh, do you my need, goodness. Do you need the chapter and verse again? No, I think we're, uh, we're going just one verse, which is, which is awesome that we're doing one verse, and we're going with... Uh, I'll back up to two, just so I can be rebellious. Um, first, first Peter 3, 14 and 15. Is that correct? But, if, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake... You will be blessed. Have no fear them, of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. Amen. It's interesting how um, the New King James, the King James, and the uh, ESV are so different in the wording. It doesn't change the meaning. It's just interesting. I'm glad you backed up to verse 14, actually, because uh, in my PowerPoint presentation I finished for the class yesterday, um, I put several slides about what we are about, and then I made one about what we are not about, because I think that's very important. Um, and one of those things was cowardness. So so I, I, I love just for, for the listener to know that how deliberate you, when you work through scripture, we talked about um, yesterday in our Theology Tuesday class, we talked about um, exegetical ethics, like getting your ethic, the, the entire good or evil from the word of God and working through that, the exegetical pulling out. But you have to have the positive and the negative. This is not what this verse is saying. That's one way of looking at the positive and negative. This is not what the verse is saying, and this is what the verse is saying. Or this is what the verse is forbidding, and this is what the verse is commanding. So there are different ways that you work through the positive and negative as you're studying the, the text. Now you're saying, that, like, this is what we are not about, and this is what we are about. I love that. The negative and the positive. There's that. that and, and as you work through that, it lands you on the solid ground of Scripture. So what charges the battery. Amen. Yeah, the, the positive and negative. And the positive and the negative. That's what that's what you need in a relationship. Yeah, the positive always says one's positive, one negative. Yeah, you need it to charge the battery. I love it. 
Let's just be realistic. Hey, just so you know, just so you know, I every time now, if I'm offering a jump to somebody, even last uh, last week or the week before, somebody had broken down in your parking lot, and I walked over there, uh, Russ, and was, um, and so as I'm connecting the the jumper cables, I'm like, we're going red positive, black negative, right? Because the number of times people are like, I got this <laughs> sparks. Oh, I, I've I've seen it blow up a computer on a car. Have you really? Yeah. Oh wow. More more than one thousand dollars worth of damage done to a car just by crossing those cables. Yeah, you you it's worth it to take a beat and make sure you're connecting the right cables to the right sides. Well, that's what Justin's doing right now. Yeah, yeah and that's what we got to do with scripture. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Good point, Russ. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> But yeah, and so, you know, Revelation 21 tells us that the fearful uh, will be the first cast into the lake. Well, it's not necessarily the first, but it's the first that it lists on the whole list. Um, and so, you know, we don't want to, we want to approach people with meekness and gentleness, but we have a very mis misconstrued idea, just like with love, you know, God is love. Exactly. So he gets to define what that means, not us. And so. So just because this has been kind of weighing heavy on me. For the listener, I know what I know what Dustin meant, but for the listener, he, God doesn't sit down and write a definition of love that we have to believe in. God is love, and what and a re, what is reflected in us of God is loving, right? So, so it's not like He's writing it down right. and defining it. Yeah. yeah, and I know you know. I mean, I know yeah. that, but but that God is. I am that I am profound. He is the anchor. He is not just the definer. He is the definition. He, and, there, and there's Galatians uh, 5 when it says, and there's no, against these, there is no law, right? There's nothing above God, no law that he submits to. No, I don't, I don't care if it's a logical, philosophical, uh, physical, material. There's no law under which God is submissive. He is above all things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, too, when it comes especially to apologetics and uh, witnessing to people, you know, the book of Proverbs, it, it's a dual purpose. Don't answer a fool according to their folly. And right next. Yeah. Answer a fool according <laughs> to their folly. Oh, contradiction, got you. No, it's not a contradiction. Amen. And so, you know, you have a dual purpose in that. And I know me personally, God said he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so in discerning conversations with people, it's kind of how quick I get to the law of God with them and where the I try uh, to direct the conversation with them in that. I mean, if you're dealing with a proud person and trying to get into an intellectual battle with them, you know, you're, you might not get anywhere in the spirit, you know? And so, amen. you know, and that's, that's something that you have to draw from. And I think it doesn't, it, it comes with experience sometimes talking to people and, but really it's discernment and the power of God and uh, just being righteous and being the righteous are as bold as a lion and just being bold and going out, sharing your faith. Uh, but when you do that, uh, having that plan and apologetics to, to understand who you're talking to, what you're talking about, and where the conversation is going to go. I don't, me personally, I don't mind having two-hour conversations, but sometimes you, you can waste your time with that. Sure, dealing, casting pearls before swine. Casting but, your pearls, that's exactly right. The other part of that, though, is you, you cannot bring life to a person that's dead. You can, you can go out and mm -hmm. speak into a cemetery all that you want. You can take, you know, the, the shock paddles down there and try to bring people back to life. That is not within our power. And yet God uses the means of the faithful proclamation of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm -hmm. um, so, so he uses the faithful proclamation of the word in order to do his work. We can't give people eyes to see. We cannot give people ears to hear. And so you can stand out there all day long and try to give them eyes to hear and ears, to, uh, eyes, to, eyes to hear. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's not going to work real well. It'd be pretty impressive. Seeing that coming. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Man, that sounds a lot like one of my bad dad. You, you have jokes. you have definitely brought a, a, a butter knife out. to a sword fight. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he. I thought you were going to say I've been rubbing off on him. That was a bad dad joke. So I'm in like a. Anyway, so um, my my point being, we need to be faithful. And we need to be concerned about fruitfulness. We need to be definitely concerned about faithfulness and fruitfulness, but we don't have the power to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love how you said you go out there and you're ready to give an, just God be, use, may, yeah. may use that. But you also need to know when, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pray for this, with this person. And then um, you, you, I've given them the gospel. I'm going to pray for this person and I'm going to move on. I actually did that with a Jehovah's Witness one time. I, you know, we've talked about this. I just mm-hmm. said, listen, you know, you, you brought up Staros. I, I, I've walked you through the Alpha and the Omega of Revelation 1, Revelation 22, first and that. So we've walked through. The, um, we, I, we're just not getting together. And I, I, I view my arguments as airtight, and I'm sure he, he did the same. I said, can I just pray for us that you would be open to receiving God's word? And he said, only if you pray in the name of Jehovah. I said, I'll pray in the name of Jehovah. That's fine. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. And I just set my hand on his shoulder, and I went to pray for him. And he said, get your hand off me started screaming at me. So, um, yeah, it didn't go well, but that was a time when I just realized he's set in his ways and I'm set in my ways. Um, now that we're not equal because I believe the truth reigns. And so I, I believe, especially as I was walking through it and he was not receptive to what was, he wouldn't even answer some of the questions that were right there in front of him, but tried to change the subject. I said, so it's not like I'm rebelling against the truth. I'll answer any question you have, and I'll walk through the text. He refused to walk through the text. So, again, truth matters. But when I said, let's pray, I'm going to move on. That did not go well. Yeah. I had a conversation. I'd like to share this. Um, I took my daughters out to um, Clemens, and uh, we talked to some Jehovah's Witnesses. I sent them out uh, to talk to them first, and uh, I, I came up and... I've been out there several times, and it's actually at, at Tanglewood. And um, this man, that's what he was appealing to, his 45 tenure in the Kingdom Hall. And pretty much uh, I went up and I asked him if he was willing to reason, you know, uh, through the scriptures with me. Isaiah 1, you know, the Lord said, yeah, <laughs> said this, Paul says this, let us come together and reason. Yeah. And so, you know, you're out here being Jehovah's Witness, um, would you be willing to go through scripture alone with me and talk about who Jehovah is and who Jesus is? And he told me his, his answer to that was his apologia, his apologetic was I've been a Jehovah's witness 45 years. I'm settled in my ways and I don't want to do that. And so, you know, and I was still gleaming on to hope cause I'm like, you know, well with that tenure, you would think that you would want to, you would fight the good fight of faith. Right. You would be ready. To, I said, and that's when I asked him, I said, well, what's your hope? Because when when you ask somebody in a cult that, but they say that they follow the word of God, First Peter three fifteen clearly commands us, tells us to to give an answer. When somebody asks you what's your hope, and you you refuse to do it, you're disobeying the word of God. Right. Uh- uh, I, I love how you're also bringing the what is it entota the scriptura entota the total the totality of scripture. A lot of people that certainly, in my in my opinion, and you could press back a little. Every single cult member 
resist huge chunks of scripture. They deny huge chunks of scripture. So um, it's not only that you believe in scripture, but you believe it in its totality and everything in it. And we, we don't shy away from anything. I love how uh, you kind of almost um, uh, put a sidebar out there where you said, ah, contradiction. Well, that's just an excuse not to listen to all of scripture. And you don't do that. You don't think the scripture is contradicting. You, it, you struggle to find out what it means. That's it. Right. And so yeah. w- when people are just saying, yeah, I don't want to dig through it. I don't want. Now you don't believe in scripture uh, in tota, the, the, the totality of scripture. Yeah. And, and then you end up in bad places. Yeah. You resist the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Greg, uh, that goes out with me, our missions pastor, he, he tells me, he said, man, you pray for the craziest things. Because, and when I look at this too, and I know uh, the calling on my life and what God wants me to do, and not only that, just, just being faithful to share the gospel, I, I literally pray, Lord, send people my way that are going to challenge me, that are really going to challenge me to go back to scripture to, to find and give an answer for whatever the case may be. You know, send that militant atheist out there, send that cultic member, send whoever it is my way that's going to force, and you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's his love that compels me to do it and it's his spirit that draws me to do it. But, you know, use that person to challenge me. Right. And so, um, so well, I, I love and, and, and I don't think embarrassment should drive us, but I think every Christian has had those moments where you're embarrassed. Someone says, hey, what's the last book of the Bible? And you're like, I, I, I forget. Or, you know, and, and 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 not again, I don't think that's the primary motivator. But there are a lot of times when you'll you'll never forget the last book of the Bible because you've been embarrassed by it. And so, and so God sometimes does say, hey, I think there's here's an area of your life that you need to know a little bit more. And I love, I do appreciate you saying love drive, you know, is the one that motivates and propels and drives you. Um, love does, but yeah. there are also those times you're like, man, I really blew that one. And, and yeah. I, I better tighten up a little on yeah. my, my eschatology, my yeah. soteriology, my harmartiology or whatever else it is. And yeah. then with our brothers, iron sharpens iron. By the way, love I just, I, I messed up. It's not scriptura and tota, it's tota and uh, tota scriptura. Yeah. Second so, Timothy three sixteen. All scriptures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. Theonutas, right? That's it. Yeah. How do you pronounce that? Theopneustos or Theonutas? Because I, I haven't I, watched I, the Marvels in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't watched what? The Marvels. Oh, th- Thanos. Oh, that, that's death. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. how you say it. Isn't yeah. that Greek for death? Yeah. Sure. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. Theopneustos or Theonutas. But all scripture is. I, I, I've always gone with Theos. What, what is it in the uh, KJV? Not not the Greek, of course. But what is it in the KJV? All scripture is given by all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, Proof for correction, for instruction, for training. Training. Instruction, oh, instruction in righteousness, training in righteousness. But but here's the thing that uh, this is such a sidebar. But it's inspired by God, which means breathed in, mm-hmm. expired, is <laughs> breathed out. But it also means to die. So you have to go. Is God breathed? Right, Theonotos is, it's, yeah, inspired means to breathe in. Yeah, but that's not what it's communicating. But anyways, yeah. I, I digress. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. I want to. You egress. You digress. You got all kinds of grasses going on. <laughs> not progress. Just progress. No, there's no progress. No progress. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Just don't Train transgress. Wreck. There's what? Yeah. Just don't transgress. Yeah. yeah. Transgress. Yeah. That. Yeah. Amen. Preach it. Yeah. All right. Back to back to reality. Back yeah. to the lecture at hand. And uh, and so a reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear, and I, I, the meekness and fear thing, a couple of things. Um, the fear, Paul said, therefore knowing the 
terror of the Lord we persuade men. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Mm. Proverbs 16, 6, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and through the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. And so that it's not that we're, you know, putting masks on and scaring people into heaven. And matter of fact, that's not about salvation anyway. And so, but with that meekness and that gentleness with the fear, I think it gets misconstrued a lot and, and how that's done. And that's why I love the law of God and using it as a schoolmaster. I use Nathan, the prophet Nathan with David, you know, did he come and quote Jeremiah 29, 11, which Jeremiah 29, 11 wasn't there yet, but <laughs> if it was, would he have quoted that out of context? And, you know, that right of the, the thoughts, future right? and a, yeah, 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 yeah. Thoughts, thoughts of peace. Yeah. I have with Shadrach, Meshach and Amendigo too, right? A future and, and a hope, right? Yeah. A and so, um, but no, he, he brought him back. Uh, into the law and he was like, man you're the man you've sinned against god you've you sinned against it you're the man and you know psalm 51 david's prayer of repentance and so um when we use that i think a lot of times we think that meekness and gentleness is just telling people that jesus loves them well we are <laughs> which is true which is right um but that's that's not really the meekness and gentleness i believe that that we're given the reason of the hope here well yeah so i, I want to back up and hit the hope um, simply because I, there are times when I, I leave it out. Yeah. But but l let's back up to the presuppositional approach. Presuppositionalism, one of the things that I, I think is a strong uh, part of presuppositionalism is it, it, it assumes that if Christianity is true, based on the law of non-contradiction, everything else must not be true. And that way of life will not work. It doesn't work. It's not, you know, so assuming that all men are good, how does that work out, you know? That, that doesn't work out. It fails. It fails miserably because it's not based on scripture. So presuppositionalism, you can just look at somebody and say, you know, you've lived your life for 35 years based on your own way. And presuppositionalism says that that shouldn't work out. And it, it rarely does. Every once in a while, God will turn people over to their wicked ways and they'll receive these blessings on earth and they'll go to their grave having been very wealthy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's that Psalm 73. I, did you go through, who went through Psalm 73? Was that you? Anyways, but healthy, wealthy, wise, and it you know causes Asaph to almost stumble because th those that re reject God and mock God are, are being blessed. So that does happen. But most often you look at somebody on the street and you say, hey, you've lived your life for 35 years your own way. How's that worked out for you? Well, not real well. What a great opportunity that we say, well, we have a hope. We have a hope. Let me, let me tell you about the hope that I have. I mean, and and I and I sometimes I, I I don't from the pulpit scream. We have a hope, we have joy, we have life, we have eternal life, we have abundant life, we have Christ, we have a relationship with God who walks with us, and through His Word talks with us, and His Spirit is alive in us, and and guides us in all truth, and and bears the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience. I mean, like we have a, a tremendous hope. And, I'm a, and and I need to do a better job of shouting that from the pulpit. It, and and like you said. Maybe not as much with gentleness at times. But yes, we need to speak the truth in love and gentleness. Yeah. All right, so you said yeah. you don't think that. You gave the negative. What What do you think? Yeah, and so I, I think that's what's going back to the law. And so there, the, the whole point is to show people that we do have hope and that we, we do have a joy unspeakable and full of glory, as Peter said, and a peace that passes all understanding. And uh, like Paul, I've learned that your grace is sufficient for me. And that comes from the hope and the hope that we do have. 
and that hope being alone in Christ and not justifying. Because I think a lot of times, too, and I, I've even heard a lot of people come against Ray Comfort in his ministry and, and say that he is about the law and he is about all, you know, he's not for the doctrine of justification by faith and, and all these things. But that's that's really not the point. And it's, it's truly being used as that schoolmaster to bring to bring us to Christ. But that conversation with that with the Jehovah's Witness, and I said, man, I said, I, I really, I said, even his sign that day, it said, you know, want to know how to have happiness and hope. And I said, man, I just asked you, what's your hope? And you refused to give me that answer. And he, this is what he said, and this is what I want to kind of hit on too. He said, he quoted, he quotes Jesus. He said, well, what did Jesus say? He said, and I've had so many Jehovah's Witnesses tell me this when we get a little bit deep into who Jesus is or just conversation in general. He told me, he said, shake the dust off your feet. He said, what did he tell you to do about that? I said, I want to, it was so crazy because we were in Luke 10 the night before and we were talking about this going into Luke 10, Luke 11, I believe. And when Jesus said that, he said it would be better He's, when he was sending out the 70. And that's what he told them, his disciples. Right. If people don't listen to you, shake the dust off your feet for the ones that didn't listen, it would be better for them to be in Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's what I shared with him. I said, sir, for what you're telling me is to for me to shake the dust off my feet because I'm truly the disciple of Christ. And what God's word's telling you, it's going to be better for you to be in Sodom and Gomorrah. It'd be better for you to rain down fire and brimstone on your head. Well, they won't listen. I'm here to listen. Yeah. What am I not listening to? Yeah. And you know what his answer was? What? So be it. He's, he literally looked, and my daughters, their look on their face, I got it all, I videoed it. Um, the look on their face was just like when he, his answer was, so be it. Wow. So be it. So for those that are listening, the look on Russ's face right now is sheer confusion. I mean, he looks just lost, but mine's shocked too. That I mean, just can you imagine, all joking aside, can you imagine somebody just saying, hey. That's somebody that knows that they're condemned. Yeah. And, and they've really. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like somebody who knows they're condemned and they're, they've resolved that. See, yeah. can, can, I, I'm, I, I try, one of the things that the pastoral ministry has convinced me of is the, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, right? The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man listens to advice. The ear that listens to that life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instructions despises himself. He despises himself, right? But, but. I don't know that he thinks necessarily from this conversation, oh, I know I'm going to hell, so be it. I think what he's saying is, I really don't know what to tell you. I'm intimidated. And instead of saying, let's walk through this and talk about this, he's saying, whatever I need to say to get you away from me. This is how I would, uh, if, if I'm if I'm somebody that knows that I don't have the the, the tools and I have been sent away from a Jehovah's Witness one time. He said, listen, I don't have the tools to talk to you, but you come back when an elder's here and, and he'll talk to you. I said, all right, well, call me up when he's here. Mm -hmm. He never did. I stopped by his house, bang on his door, look for Because I want to talk to an elder, right? Mm -hmm. But this guy sounds like he's like, I, I don't have the ammunition. Um, and this is not a battle. I, I, I Just knowing Dustin, and you correct me if I'm wrong, th this is not a battle where Dustin's going to put his hands over his head and go, ah, I, won. I logically defeated you. This is a battle where Dustin's going, I'm pleading for you to repent. And Please. to place your trust in the only hope that you or I have, that any of us have, I want you to acknowledge that you don't have, not the ammunition, you don't have the truth on your side. Yeah, Re Just admit that. And he's like, listen, I'm so set in my stubborn ways that rather than walk through something with you and possibly be convinced I'm wrong, I'm going to say some outlandish stuff like so be it. I, I don't know that he thinks he's going to hell. I think he thinks he's overmatched. 
But yeah. but but let's just pause for a second. To acknowledge that means that you don't believe what you believe based on the truth. Mm. You believe what you believe because you're stubborn. Yep. It's equally damnable. Yeah, amen. Yes. Yes. But to sit there, and I don't know that he would say this in his mind, but to say so be it. He's acknowledging, I don't have the tools to defend against you, but also, I don't know that I could push back against the truth. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one reason why uh, many apologists will ask the question um, about whether or not they're interested in the truth. And the way they say it is, is if the gospel were true, would you believe it? Mm-hmm. And many people cannot say Amen, yes. Amen, by the way. Many yeah. people cannot say yes. Do you yeah. have you ever started out your conversation with that? Because that's yeah. I love that. Well, there's two things. Right after he said that, he actually literally come and got like right here. My daughter said, "I thought he was going to punch you in the face." I said, "I'd be like, glory to God, Amen, <laughs> Hallelujah." Now, well, now that you've done that, let's, can we talk about the Bible? Yeah, Amen. And so, wait, do you, so, so you you go to the, the the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, that's a <laughs> yeah. happy thing. Yeah. But I think our our listeners may also. I mean, you need to hear that. Yeah. You're not greater than the master. They hated him. They'll hate you. You've been called to that life, not to respond, you know, to turn the other cheek for sure, but but to in the moment by faith to recognize that is a blessed thing when they're yeah. persecuting you for the name of your savior. That that that's in the moment to go, yeah. Now now that we've got that out of the way, can we talk? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right after that, the lady there, I'd actually had three like. 30 to 45 minute conversations with before and she was like she even remember my name she said dustin you know i told you before to give us your number and we'll call you and we'll set up a meeting and i and i did at that point i said ma'am i'm going to call you to repentance and to truly trust in the living god right now because i give you personally my number my buddy my buddy marshall give you his number and several of your jehovah's witness friends that told us the same thing and i said matter of fact this year i've had over a hundred of them tell me that not one single person has called me wow not one i said either rejected my number when i went to give it to them or actually took my number and not one one called matter of fact the lexington kingdom hall um a man by the name of paul i don't know his last name I probably shouldn't say it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Sorry. Modern day persecutor of the church. And um, I had, he actually, he called me back and then I got about a 10 minute conversation. And in that he was like, I'm kind of busy. I'm doing some prison work ministry stuff. I'll call you back and we'll set up a meeting. Never happened. And so, you know, to me, that's the epitome of hopelessness. And there's, you know, if why? If, well, I mean, this this is fascinating to me. I could listen to. We're at 26 minutes. Sorry, I could listen to this stuff just all day about. It checks me. Am I a radical truth seeker to the root? I want to know the truth. The aletheia. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, the aletheia. I am the the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but me." The truth never scares me. Yeah. So, so let's walk and talk. Yeah. Walk through it and talk yeah. through it. And if yeah, if love compels us, truth sustain us. And if you have that hope and, and you're ready to give an answer, as we're, we're told here, why would you not just at least attempt to fight the fight, you know, the fight, the fight of faith, at least to, to even attempt to have a conversation with somebody who isn't belittling you or putting you down, but let's just talk about scripture. Okay. So, so you would know this a little more than I do. And if there is a Jehovah's Witness listening right now, I, I'm not speaking from an area of expertise, but from what I have been told, that is about as reliable as nothing. But from what I've been told, a Jehovah's Witness, if you take their literature, they are obligated to respond to you, right? Yes. They're supposed to. They're I, supposed to. Okay. 
Isn't that incredible, though, that among their rules, if, if they're promising to, to get in touch with you, that's not binding at all. But if you take their literature, it's ostensibly or supposedly or, you know, binding for them to come and visit you yeah. again. So I, yeah. I, I don't want them for a while. They were visiting when my, when my wife was there and I wasn't, and I didn't like that at all, but I, I'm more than happy for Je a Jehovah's witness to stop by my house. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is they, they use debate that word as if, you know, we're not out here to debate with anybody. This isn't the place and time to discuss these things. And I bring that, that argument back to, you know, you're not promised tomorrow. Life is but a vapor. Boast yourself not for tomorrow. You know not what a day may bring forth. And so if you truly had hope, and I'm coming here to reason with you who Jehovah is, why would you not want to share that with me today? Okay, you're the word guy. Would you look up the etymology of debate? Because I, I really think if, you, if we maybe we reframe this and say, like, I, I don't want to debate you. I have no desire to debate you. I mean, I don't mind standing on the word, and I don't mind, you know, opposing those, you know, the tightest one, opposing those, silencing those people uh, over unsound doctrine. <clears throat> but if our both of our goal is the truth, let's just open up the Bible and go there together. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You ask questions. I said, that's what I said. You ask questions. I ask questions. We just, just reason. I said, I'm telling you, this has nothing to do with a debate. Just reason it together. Let's right. just We're talk about it. We're going to the same it. place. It's the truth. Or and, and I would then say, see, I couldn't say that and walk away. We want. I want to be going to the same place, the truth. Mm. But I highly doubt that when you won't even talk to me. I, I don't think you're as passionate about the truth as I am. Yeah. And you're justifying yourself through this work. And through which work? Sorry. For being out on the street and evangelizing or proselytizing or, hand, you know, they're, you're, which now they're not, they don't have to log their hours anymore and have to keep yeah, up with all that. that. Yeah, yeah that's, you that's told me that. Yeah, you told me that. Is that, is that, you said that was nationally. Yeah, that was national. So could you explain that real quick uh, while Russ is, do you have the etymology of the I day? do. Okay. All right. So it's Middle English via Old French from Latin. It's a compound word, Latin word, or two Latin words from dis, which is expressing reversal. And better, which is to fight. To fight to reverse an opinion probably is kind of the kind of the the idea underneath it. But yeah, so you're trying to you're this battle, you're drawing the battle lines in this polemic, you're trying to two two polar opposites trying to win the other to each other's sides. And that's not what we're I mean, in, in some sense, I make no apology for that, no, no apologia for that. I, I make no apology for that, um, trying to, you know, open up people's eyes to see the light to the best of my ability with by the power of the Spirit of God. But in another sense, that that the connotation of debate now is kind of more uh, aggressive, more uh, oppositional, and we we should be pressing into the same goal, which is the truth. Um, but you said uh, logging their publishing hours, I think, is how you worded it. Is yeah. That, so and, so just explain what that is for those that don't. And don't know. so they will, if any Jehovah's Witnesses are listening, they they will upfront deny this. Okay. But they are required to get 10 hours a week to be a pretty much to be a minimalist <laughs> Jehovah's witness. Right. And whether that be in door to door street evangelism, card ministry, you know, their works as an organization. And they were before required to log these hours and keep that up. And even, I mean, when you talk about, uh, uh, having people down your throat and really checking up on you <laughs> as they right. claim, claim the church to be, you know, like we're Lords over them. They really are really are lords over them. I've watched it firsthand to even they will come by, ride, stop, and watch them out on the street and keep okay. that. Now they don't have to do that anymore. They're okay. not required. Okay. So publishing hours would be any type of various ways of, of getting the, the, the message out. Yeah, any kind of mission or ministry. Okay, then. got it. We are... You're the time guy. Yeah, and you're the time breaker. 
<laughs> that's just my street name. Well, just one of many. Uh, no, listeners, that's not how that works. Uh, I hear you. Well, thank you for listening today. Thank you, Dustin, for uh, sharing with us your insight and experiences as we've looked at this passage from First Peter. Listener, I invite you to continue to wrestle with these things, and we look forward to catching up with you on the next podcast episode of Let's Open the Bible. God bless.